0: Listening to The Living Force. Be mindful of The Living Force, young Padawan.
1: A Utini podcast.
2: Hello, my name is Tam Davan, and I'm the keeper of the Tomes of Knowledge here at the Utini Library. Over the last standard year, we saw the creation of The Living Force, a collective of light minded individuals who seek the positive aspects of the Force. But to know where the living force is going, you have to understand where it began. And that starts with three individuals. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Charles Hankel. The
3: last few years have been kind of tough for the Star Wars community. There's been a lot of... um, There's been a rise in toxicity of a minor subgroup. There's been a lot of kind of anger and frustration involved in something that's so beautiful and pure, frankly. So to say it now and to, like, reinforce it on every episode going out, this is a positive podcast. We are all about, like, the love in the community, the support in this community. Not to say that we're going to be super, like, you know, rose-colored glasses about every piece of media. Like, we'll be we're, we'll be honest about things that we like, the things that can improve, about books or whatever it shall be. But we're never going to drag anyone on this podcast. We're never going to take part in any kind of conversation that takes down members of this community um, because there's no need for it. This is all something that we love. It's something that we come to because we love it. And we are so excited to talk about every part of it that why would we waste our time with that? So Corey, do you want to, I know we kind of mentioned it. Do you want to go more into like, what's the mission of the site right now? And then we'll talk about actually what this podcast is going to do.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that. Um, so like we said, we were originally a, a, a sort of a book subscription. Uh, the reason that was the case was really because we, I have been a huge Star Wars fan forever. I got into the books when I was in about eighth grade and, um, and it really changes everything. If you are not already into the books or into the comics, if you're only into the films or the TV shows, then I mean, just comparatively hour wise, like I haven't actually done the math, but I mean, let's say there's See, there's what how many movies now? You say twenty hours worth of movie content, probably more like than that. Yeah, but it's probably a couple hundred hours of T V content now. Um, man, all the books and comics there's literally thousands, thousands of hours of Incredible content, and I mean, until you crack open the books, you just don't even realize how big the galaxy of Star Wars is. I mean, yeah, it's, dude, it's, I was
3: like, I was watching Clone Wars the other day alone, and I was thinking, like, God, I feel so connected to Anakin here because I see him like two hundred times more often than Hayden Christensen. You exactly, know? and then the books, right. take that even further.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the star, the books are awesome. Um, the expanded universe is a pretty great community around it, and I, I mean, it, people just don't read books that often. I mean, there's so there's such a huge portion of the population doesn't read. Um, they don't read comics or books or anything, and I really wanted to kind of take it upon myself to to do something that would help share the expanded universe with folks, and that's kind of what led to the creation of Utini. We originally thought that that was going to be um, through actually physically getting people books, but we found ourselves – even not even just myself, other folks on our team – we found ourselves – just giving book recommendations more often than anything else. So, I mean, that's kind of where we have, have changed around. So like we have edited our mission. We have an official company mission right now. It's the mission of Mutini is to bridge the gap between star Wars fans and the vastness of the expanded universe, which
3: kind of, I want to bring to uh, the name of this podcast, right? Right. Um, which took us a while. Uh, we were, we were going back and forth with a couple things. Um, but as we're recording this, we're in the week of master and apprentice by Claudia gray being released. Um, It's phenomenal. There's a review on the website by the time you hear this. Uh, But a lot of the book has to do with the mysticism of the Force, um, with, like, Qui-Gon especially. And I was reading it, and I realized that so much of Star Wars, with the community now and with the stories now and with the characters now, is all about the connection and is all about the fact that the Force as an entity is connection between people. That's the definition. You know, it's not about lifting rocks. You know, to quote Luke, it's about the connection between all living things and more. I thought about it. That's what we're trying to do with Utini, and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. So it just kind of made sense. I mean, as you guys hopefully subscribe and listen to this podcast, we're going to try to connect with a bunch of members of our team, a bunch of people in the community, a bunch of people in the Star Wars world, potentially in the future because everything is kind of united through the living force to get all philosophical about it so that's where i came to it from uh and i think it'll look really cool in a logo
4: when you said why don't we call the show the living force i like freaked out i immediately fell in love with it 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 totally symbolizes everything that we're trying to do like to me the living force is the star wars fan community i mean that's Mm -hmm. what we all are i mean we're all connected with this thing that we share and love and we're passionate about and um, I, think it's, I think it's perfect.
1: Well, it is yeah. perfect. And the other thing to mention is that, I mean, there are multiple facets of the force, right? That's why the living force is even a term. There's like the cosmic force, the, the unifying force, all these different things. But the living force is what focuses on the now, what focuses on right. the moment, and your connection with everything around you right here, right now. And that's what we want this podcast to be, really is an escape for you in this moment, right now. Let's, let's get connection with the community, with the the thing that we love, and let's just enjoy the moment.
4: Loving Star Wars is choosing to love Star Wars, and I think yeah. that's kind of true when you, with, with anything. is. We just choose joy on our team. We choose mm-hmm. to, to find the good in things and not the bad, and to uplift people and uplift the fan community, and you know, that's what we're all about.
3: So to round that out, too, I've got to get a different phrase. I think I've said that at least three times. Um, <laughs> the three of us put together something that we are calling uh, the Star Wars Fan Code. Um, inspired by the brilliance that is the Jedi Code, um, which is immaculately written and should never be copied, but damn it, we tried. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But here is um, kind of our philosophy in a Star Wars way. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. Trust in the living force.
1: Mm.
4: I think what people are seeking in, in getting in Star Wars more than anything else is an escape, and to be able to escape with a ton of other folks that also share their same beliefs mm-hmm. and their share their same passion and enthusiasm for the, for the movies and the books and the films. Um, that's what we want to do. We want to create that awesome community, and we think that uh, maybe doing that through a podcast is is a great way to sort of um, put some. Voices with names and maybe some faces with names and and you know So we can have literally have a voice in which to address our community some people that might be nervous to start them Like that's
3: what the site's for now. Like if you're nervous about start like there's so many I don't know where to start which I was I have no idea. I might be completely overwhelming. It is like my buddy just happened to in California was like hey, man try out lost stars And I think you'll like it and that was it and now I work for this company because of Claudia Gray,
4: yeah, and that's one of the best things about the EU that y- you get to see uh, a lot because there's just time. There's time and pages and paragraphs in which you have the room to sort of tell those stories, and that's what makes the EU so rich. I think to a lot of us is just that we have a lot of that behind-the-scenes sort of emotional turmoil. That's why the Revenge of the Sith novelization is so damn good, is because yeah. it's just capture. It captures that that raw emotion better than film
2: does it was from humble beginnings that the living force began but then word spread to the outer reaches and others joined the fight others who shared the positive aspects of the force others who spoke about it others who wrote about it these are their stories Hi, this is Timothy Zahn.
5: Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Hera on Star Wars Rebels. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, author of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, and Phasma, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. The Expanded Universe, though, I didn't actually find out about the books, or they weren't really on my radar until, I guess, I was in my my 20s, and when my husband and I moved in together, and he brought his entire collection. and It was like, well, hello. Um, <laughs> what I a nice surprise! I still remember when I was on—I was on a treadmill at an LA Fitness when Chewy uh, met that Moon.
6: Oh my! And gosh. it surprised me
5: so much. I like fell on the treadmill and like zooped off the back of it, like people do in movies. And you're like, how is that even possible? <laughs> like I was so upset. That is terrible, but hilarious. It is, but you know, Bob Salvatore is like the nicest, nicest dude. So it's like, it's kind of healed because it's like they made Bob do that. And Bob's a good guy. He's yeah. <laughs> a good he
1: never That's it. funny. We really feel here on the Living Force that everyone who helps to create Star Wars has a small part in that legacy and also has a legacy of their own. So with what you've done in the Star Wars universe so far, what do you want your legacy to be whenever you leave? What do you want to be remembered for doing?
5: I guess I would want my legacy to be writing tenacious, kick-ass women who are real characters where you don't just see the beautiful, polished, succeeding side, but with every female character I've written, you also see um, the trauma, the pain, the history, how they became who they did, which was, you know, never through, uh, like, the, the kind of cheap backstory that sometimes we complain about people use like oh I need to give a woman agency she got raped like that's not a way that my characters work so yeah just showing real women who who struggle and fail and and keep going and uh you know maybe like Phasma did that she's not I wouldn't say she's a a great person but you know that the whole point of that book was to show why she why she became who she did and, and then, you know, even with Bazine Natal, you know, I guess tell the backstory of why she wears that cowl and, and, and how she became the spy that she is. So, you know, growing up, I had Princess Leia and she was she was amazing and she was a strong woman, um, you know, a giant space slug put her in chains and she choked him to death. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but I, I just love getting to, to write these, these strong women.
0: Hey there! This is Kevin Scott. I'm the writer of Dooku Jedi Lost, and you're listening to the Live in Force podcast. With my other you know, obsession when I was a kid with Doctor Who, we had the Doctor Who Weekly comic, um, and then the Doctor Who Monthly. And so again, those the, the Doctor's companions in those because they weren't the same companions on the telly, they were just as real to me as the ones um, I saw on telly. Because actually, I probably spent more time with them because I read them and reread them and reread them. Whereas you know, and you got to see the television program once, and then it was gone. So the same with the films Mm -hmm. of Star Wars. I I saw Empire Strikes Back and then it was years until I saw it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I relived it through the novels and the, you know, the the, the records and all that kind of thing. Those Marvel comics never went away. They were always in my room. So if I wanted Star Wars, I reached for them. And so, yeah, those comics were just as important for me.
3: That's been interesting now with with some people with things like the current comics or Clone Wars or stuff like that. Like people have love for these characters that actually have way more hours of content than just the film characters. I think that's been an interesting continuation of that.
0: Yeah, when you think, you know, all that stuff was happening, that explosion of new content. And especially after the first film, you know, that's all they had to go on. And it's crazy to think of that now after, you know, I've come to writing Star Wars after there's been an entire expanded universe, which is, you know, yeah. then being put into Legends and now we've got a new universe. And, but I've got, the, you know, all that to play with. These people were starting out from scratch and all they had right. with that was a couple of hours of movie. And no real idea what was happening next so and then they would have seen the holiday special and gone okay um, (laughs) I guess this is going (laughs) and hence Jackson the rabbit was born yeah yeah. um, you know you you do sit there and go yeah no Jackson but we'll allow we'll allow Mm -hmm. Chewbacca's dad You know, it, yeah, you, could, you can sort of see how they went from looking at um, Star Wars and going, right, well, obviously what we're going to have is a giant green bunny. You know, and a yeah. few years later, there yeah. was a giant squid man in charge of a spaceship. So sure. it's right. not too far, away, right? you know, and also, the, but I think what they really instilled on me then was the fun, fun element of Star Wars, because oh, yeah. those Marvel comics are all about fun. You know, yeah. they're about melodrama, they're about action, they're about fun, they're about the character interactions. Yeah, they might not be exactly what we now know for the characters. But it's, it's informed, really, what I want to do with Star Wars in a lot of my work. Um, because it's that thing I remember, and this is adventure, especially for the kids' stuff. I mean, when you're doing adult stuff, you can be a little bit more, you know, you can take a step back. But when you're dealing with kids, you just want to keep them turning the pages and, and throwing more and more things at the heroes. You could say a lot of things about that Marvel run, but they definitely played up the adventure, left, right, and center. Yeah, the community is brilliant at the minute with the writing community with Star Wars. I think a lot of it has come from the um, from a certain point of view book. Because sure, yeah. the experience, even though we all wrote those stories separately, and it's funny because a lot of people think that Claudia and I worked together on that as well because because of the force. That was nothing to do with us. Um <laughs> Perfect. and so but what happened was the the launch of that book, when we had that sort of like, yeah, the media thing about Operation Blue Milk and all that, you know, that started to create a little buzz within, within the group of writers as well. And then we did the launch at New York Comic Con, where the, for the first time, a lot of us were in the same room together, signing books for hours. And so it really cemented the group of people who are writing canon books and comics at the minute, because while we, a lot of us knew each other individually, we didn't really know each other as a whole. So I think that book has been very important about making the canon feel more co- cohesive because now we all know each other better.
3: In addition to me, Eric, and the normal co-hosts of this podcast, Corey and Charles, who will introduce officially in a second, we have the Nerd Herders. Uh, we have John Wayne and Megan. Welcome. Oh, thank you for um, having us. Star Wars is a lot about legacy, as we're finding out um, by literally the titles of some books, but also as the Skywalker saga is coming to an end, we think about the legacy of these characters, the legacy of these stories, and each of us in our respective podcasts, websites, whatever, are trying to add our little mark on Star Wars for the for the better we hope. If you had to pick a legacy for the two of you for Nerd Herder, going forward, what, what would that be? What are people going to remember Nerd Herder putting into the fandom?
7: I'd hope positivity and just acceptance. You know, come as you are, age old thing, you know. We try to not only be a herd, but a family. That's why I'm called Herd Mom, apparently.
6: (laughs) Great name. Beautiful. Yep. Um, If I can add to that and be sentimental, it would Mm -hmm. be to recognize Star Wars as more than just these stories and films and, you know, to write it off as it's fake and in space because it's so much more than that. Yeah. And if I can help people understand the level of impact that it has on us as fans, uh, that's what I would hope would be my part of the legacy in, in Nerd Herder. Because, you know, we started Nerd Herder because um, I, was, I was in a big, deep of uh, pit of depression. My mom died last April, and it was hard. And for a long time, I didn't have something to be happy about. Of course, I had a lot of good things still going on, our our marriage and and whatnot. But that that was a big part of the reason I fell in love with Star Wars and am the person I am. And so I kind of lost identity for a while. And so going back to our original question that started this, you know, that was a big reason to start the podcast because I needed something I love as much as I loved my mom, and Star Wars is that. I was kind of ashamed to admit that for a while because. It's movies, it's characters, it's books, it's all fake. But at the end of the day, the impact it's had on me being who I am and the fact that I see that in so many other amazing people like you guys and other podcast hosts and fan creators, that Star Wars has made them who they are, I, I can never go back to believing it's just movies and it's just fake. And so if I can get people to understand how special Star Wars is by celebrating it the way we do on Nerd Herder, that's that's what i want to do i can die happy
8: hey this is mark thompson i'm the voice of yoda and many of the star wars audiobooks and you are listening to mm-hmm. uh, i'm first and foremost a fan mm-hmm. uh, and so like when when the movies come out you know i like to like <laughs> i dress up in costume i wait in line you know yeah. like people came out i slept out on the sidewalk before that's- they had you know reserved ticket seating and So like being there opening night and not having anything spoiled and and seeing it for the first time is a a big part of the experience for me. So there was a moment when they asked me to do it where the director actually asked me they were like, you know, do you, do you want to do this? Like, do you, or or is it going to, you know, spoil the movie for you? And and I, I had a moment where I was like, they emailed me that. And I was like, I don't know. Do I want to do it? Like, do I want to do it? Like, it's a
3: valid question. It's, yeah. It's kind of yeah.
8: Ruins Seeing episode seven, you know, like, oh, I've been looking forward to this for so long. And then I told my wife that, and she was like, Are you kidding me? Of course you <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess that's, that's, that's you know, exactly yeah. how
4: my wife would respond. Because
8: like, the way she described it to me is like, If you got cast to be in episode seven, you would take the, like, you would want to be in Star Wars, wouldn't you? And I was like, Okay, yeah, you're right. I would, you know. And so <laughs> then I, I agreed to do it. Um, but they, it was this thing where they did not want anything to get spoiled. So n- normally they send me the books as a PDF and I can read them on my iPad at home at my leisure. But this time I had to go to Ren- Penguin Random House's uh, offices and I had to go in a special room. They disconnected all the computers in that room from the wow. internet They like, took away all the Ethernet code. Wow. They, uh, a, a, like they, they had to lock me in the room. Wow. And then if I had to get up and go to the bathroom, I had to tell someone I was going to the bathroom. So they would lock the door behind me. I would go to the bathroom and then they would come and unlock it. And and I couldn't take it with me. I just had to read it and like take whatever notes or whatever. And, you know, so like I'm reading it in this room over the course of a couple of days, like trying to read it as fast as I can and remember everything. And, you know, and I get to the bridge scene where Kylo's on the bridge with Han. And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) And then I'm just like crying by myself in this room. (laughs) No, come on. And then that was in like end of October, early November. So like I knew for like a month and a half or something. And I couldn't tell anybody. And I was like, oh. you know, it's like, this is awful. Like, that's you know, mean, amazing. Yeah. You, you got to imagine you get home and your wife just looks at you and it's like,
3: what happened? Yeah. Been weeping. <laughs> <That's>
9: <laughs> this job sucks. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> a lot of things about star Wars sort of boiled down to legacy. We keep hearing, you know, right now it's like the Skywalker saga that's ending. It's the Skywalker legacy that we talk about so often. And with someone like yourself that has a very impressive body of work that's undoubtedly going to grow in the next few years into the future, you're going to have a legacy of your own within Star Wars. So for you, what exactly is the legacy that you hope to leave? Wow. <laughs> that's
8: a big question. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess I want people to, to. I guess if they think of the things I've worked on, just I, I hope that the the love and passion for star Wars comes through and that they that I guess I, I just, I I want them to know like, Hey, Mark Thompson cared, you know, like he, like, it wasn't just a job for him. It wasn't just like, uh, another gig. It was like, you know, I I hope it comes through that, you know, this stuff is, is, is important to me, you know? And it's, it's like my, I, I had a friend who made fun of me because, you know, on my, on my website, it's like one of the, first things I have up there is like, you know, Star Wars and on my business cards, it's like Star Wars audiobook narrator, you know? And he's like, Absolutely. He's like, you know, like people that hire you, like they, they care more about the fact that you were on Broadway or they care more about the fact that you did this commercial or they, you know, they, they don't care about that as much as like, yeah, but I like, this is what's most important to me. Like, <laughs> I think that I'm most excited about on my resume is that, <laughs> you know? So, so I don't know. I, I hope, I hope that maybe that'll be
10: there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> This is John Jackson Miller, author of Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, Knight Errant, Lost Tribe of the Sith, A New Dawn, Canto Bite, and Kenobi. And you're listening to The Living Force. Work started on that book in 2013, and uh, it was, you know, it was a month before Rebels uh, debuted that our novel came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it was already showing uh, sort of the proof of concept that we could do a book which dove deeply into the backgrounds of characters that had not appeared yet. Uh, and you know, that was something which, you know, had been dabbled with beforehand, but nothing, you know, on that scale. Uh, and so, you know, as for there being pressure with it, uh, you know, most of the pressure surrounded, you know, after the announcement, uh,
0: <laughs> right. because yeah. it
10: was, because it was something where obviously a lot of people cared and I had already written, um, you know, a, uh, a, uh, you know, a opening sequence where Obi-Wan Kenobi says to uh, the students that, uh, you know, there are facts and there are legends and you can learn something from all of them. And people always ask me, you know, whether that line came before or after, I really can't remember, but honestly uh, it, it is sort of consistent with what I was, uh trying to do anyway and then i did go back in and i wrote an introduction to that book uh, where i did say and and address specifically that you know the stories that we love may not all fit into a single timeline uh but they still matter uh and uh until then uh next time uh may the force live long and prosper <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but we do
3: Have the wonderful Lacey Gillerin from the Resistance Broadcast. Lacey, welcome. Hey
7: guys, excited to be here. I really, really am. So Make Solo 2 happened when one day in August of last year, or September, John Hoey was like, you know what guys, we all really loved Solo, I'm going to start using the hashtag Make Solo 2 Happen, and we're going to start talking about how we want a second one. And we went, Okay. And James Bainey made a logo for it and (laughs) it just started this thing that we would always talk about it. And we would talk about it on the show about how we wanted a second movie or a TV series or anything because the movie ends up in such a place that you're like, wait, there's so much left to tell. There's so much going on. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so what happened was a year later from when Solo came out about, I would say like a month before that, John... And James and I were talking and John was like, hey, you know, the anniversary soul is coming up. Let's just tweet about it all day, one day. Like, let's just tweet about it the week it comes out as like an anniversary. Like, hey, this would be awesome. And he was like, let's not do it on the weekend because people have Memorial Day plans. But let's do it like that Thursday when people are at work and they're like talking anyway. So we were like, OK, cool. So like a w- couple weeks out, we started talking about it, saying, hey, This is the day we're going to do this. Join us if you want. We thought it was going to be like 20 people chatting with us about Solo. And, you know, we woke up that morning and it was already trending and we were like, wait, what? And then by lunchtime, when it had like 10,000 tweets going, we were like, oh, okay, so this is a thing. And then all these other people joined on it like I said, joined on because I was going to say Jonas. Jonas joined in (laughs) saying like Mm -hmm. he's for it. And, you know, John Powell, the composer, said he was for it. Uh, John Casden tweeted that he was going to talk about the syndicates and like all the other stories to tell, which is nuts to me. Wow. And then I was wow. driving home from work that day and I came to a stop sign and there was a lot of traffic. So I quickly checked my phone and I getting all these alerts and Ron Howard tweeted us and we were like, what, what? So I, that was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. I know. So I called John just because he was at the top of my phone and I'm screaming at him like, Ron Howard tweet us. And he's like, what, what? So then he's yelling, and I'm yelling, and then it's just yelling. Long story short, it was a perfect day of positivity where people were talking about something that they loved, and there was no negativity of, I don't like this, and this is why, and you suck Mm. for liking this, and you're the worst. It was just everybody liking it, and even people that didn't like it were like, Hey, I'm not a real big solo fan, but I really like Emphys Nest. I'm not a huge solo fan, but I really want more Darth Maul. And we were like, great, join us. We want you to come to our side, you know? And so it's one of those things that has gotten so much leverage. And when a bunch of people were at Galaxy Zed recently, someone saw Alden and said something to him. And he was like, oh, I know about it. Someone emailed me. So the fact that they know about it to me is just crazy. Like, that means probably Bob Iger knows about it. Because it was trending like crazy for like three days.
2: And what is life in the living force? can't have a sense of humor about it. I would say it's no life at all. These are the times when things got a little extra.
3: I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson. Uh, I am the content manager over at Uteni.com, and with me are two fabulous gentlemen. Uh, first of all, we have Mr. Corey Helton. How you doing, man? I am fan friggin Oh,
4: uh, and what do you do for Uteni? I invented Uteni. Don't ask me questions. <laughs> You're, you're I major. am the Senate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and to his and to his right is the Masameda of Utini, Charles Hankel. <laughs> hey
1: everybody, how's it going?
3: Uh, and, and other than um, having giant blue horns and slowly walking out of rooms, what do you do at Utini, Charles?
1: I am the puppet master of Utini. No, uh, I am a content creator for Utini. So I write a little bit, and I like to do a few of these things now and then.
3: So before I hand this over to Charles officially to kind of walk us through this cuz he's a master at that. I Never want to a Oh, come on. Come <laughs> on now. You are you're at least a Yaddle. Um, <laughs> that's actually a huge of, count. Of
1: all the Jedi count me Yaddle. I don't know if I should be stoked you're, or offended. You're my Yaddle, Charles.
3: Just know <laughs> it. What you find Yeah, is that the, isn't that the one where you find out that Keely like was going to leave with the Rancor that it, night? Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted to like give him a, a it's new the, life. It's the,
6: he was going to retire. Oh, in 10 days that's story. that's the Rancor guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's right. The oh, 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 guy from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> his his cry, like, not to take off subject, but like Star Wars sounds are such a thing for me. Like certain people smell things, and that takes them to a new universe. With Star Wars, it's the mm-hmm. sounds. And Malachili's cry was always a thing. I... yeah it's so recognizable it is <laughs> yeah
1: i uh have to stand in for Corey today so i will occasionally crap on i jedi just out of the blue <laughs> excellent you know what yoda is i'm i'm quickly realizing he is the star wars galaxy's equivalent of a paternity test <laughs> <laughs> Like you do, you just have to go ask yoda like is this guy my dad and he'll just be like yeah yeah, he, <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you no. gotta seek but him out though he won't just exist. You
3: yes. gotta actually ask.
1: He's not gonna come find you. Yeah. Yes.
3: Oh my god, Yoda, the pretend so if... text, uh, test of the galaxy. That's another shirt.
1: Did you guys feel like it was a bit of like a text message breakup, though, between Dooku and the Jedi Order? Because, like, <laughs> yes. He, he more yes. or less yeah. called Yoda and was like, sorry, man, it's over. Yeah, yeah, I definitely
4: feel like that. Like, I was really hoping for something a little more dramatic. Like, the way that Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. Yes, right, yes. was much more impactful and you know she was before the jedi council and man dooku called him like what the heck like you yeah, know i feel like he was definitely
3: like you know he's on sereno and he goes hey yoda you up and then yoda's yeah. like yeah what you want <laughs> and he's like listen Bay, uh i'm just gonna be chilling at my place from now on um do you want to come get your stuff no 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 you can keep it um do you want your lightsaber back? No, no, that's okay. It's yours. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, no, you know, no, that's cool. Okay, that's really nice of you. Um, then uh, just like look me up on Instagram, and I'll be uh, posting kind of what's up. And that was it.
4: I sort of imagine that Force Lightning is like a pure manifestation of rage and passion, like – that you somehow pull from inside of you, like, inside the body, like, to cast it out. Like, it's like a release of your own rage, if that makes sense at all.
3: Yeah. No, yes. I agree completely, honestly. Like, I was gonna say it's kind of like holding in a fart, but that's so
1: much better for
4: it. What would Eric be?
1: You know, Eric, you brought this up. You said that Will is your favorite character. I feel like, the way Will acts is similar to the way that you act. You're very accepting of literally everybody you meet, everyone where they're at. And so I feel like I have this strong bias to throw you in an A-wing. And it really has very Absolutely. little to do with the fighter and more to do with the fact that you embody some of the same qualities as Will. Lark. That being said, I'm very aware that you have an X-wing tattooed on your body. <laughs> so
9: that's
3: true. But know. dude, I, that is... That's the best compliment I've gotten in weeks. So
4: I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I would that. I would agree with you. I would put Eric in an A-wing.
3: Alright. I'm I'm zipping around. Um I'm kind of scouting and watching out. Alright, I'm, I'm the A-wing. I'll accept that. That'll be my next tattoo. I have I have another arm. So I'll have to do that.
1: Putting the A in A Rick.
3: Especially if we're wrong. Because guys, I cannot wait for people to tweet at us and email us and be like, are you
4: insane? I no, I want I want I want to be I want to be shit upon.
3: Yes. Please, please, oh, please. time out.
4: Time out. Time out. Not like a weird fetish, wait. I mean like I mean I mean like I want someone to argue Corey, with me
1: hardcore. We live we live in the world of 10-second sound bites and you choose to say the sentence, I want to be shit upon <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, you know what i, I hey, may have missed i'm not
0: this.
3: i'm not gonna shame anyone for what they want especially on this podcast that's oh part God. of the force.
1: okay well
3: <laughs> i love you for what you are and i'll tell my ship about it later
1: getting back to the show <laughs> I slightly break my own rule, and Corey, take off your headphones or plug your ears or something, because my Saber Three is Corin Horn.
9: Oh, oh my
2: God! God. Yes,
0: and an X-wing. You can't do that? Oh, That's not. not allowed. I
1: can, and the reason I can do it is because I'm choosing Corin during the X-wing series time period where he's not—he sure. has not fully realized his Force abilities, which he does have later on. But he is repeatedly shown to be a ridiculously incredible pilot in the X Wing series, and he is specifically chosen among the Rogue Squadron pilots in that series to do some of the craziest missions, and he pulls them off. At one point, he's he still is, a giant like, douchebag
4: in, in the series. Oh there. my goodness!
1: No, he's he is a squeaky clean. He's a squeaky clean guy. Douchebag in the he's a squeaky clean douche. Like, like someone insults his mother, and like it goes to his internal dialogue, and it's like. Corrin knew he should be angered by that comment, but he rose above it. And then, like, he takes their hand and walks away. And you're That's just a... like, that would never happen,
4: ever. It's some cringy garbage, is what that is. Oh, my you know, God. Horn, All right, horn, this is officially our best three.
3: episode ever because of Cornhorn. Horn. Freddie ruined my childhood. <laughs>
4: exactly. So, anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> building my own R2-D2. Uh, you know, I'm an electrical engineer, so I'm really into that. It's my thing and uh
4: i forgot to tell you guys that
1: <laughs> yeah i had no
4: that's idea news.
1: yeah yeah full scale r2 when is he coming on as a co-host hey man Anna, anaheim wait for it okay
3: <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited now. <laughs>
4: so uh oh my god amazing yeah that's me that's me in a nutshell
3: dude well you've been doing killer work on this podcast if, if your r2 is is getting a tenth of the effort you're putting into this podcast then man i can't wait to see it uh I mean, I'm staying at your place next year, so I'm gonna be very a less creepy word than intimate with this droid. I don't none's really coming <laughs> to me. I'm not. I'm not gonna be that intimate with your droid. Sex. <laughs> well, hey, according to Solo, it works. Oh. So.
1: Well, let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie. All right, you guys are gonna hate me for this one, but uh, I know we're going canon. Darth Plagueis. I'm gonna go with Darth Plagueis. It's not canon! I know it's not, but I'm going to start with that, and then I'm going to go to canon. There's one rule! I'm doing two, he man. He just made it, canon. <laughs> so, Darth
4: Plagueis, oh, right? Oh, God.
3: It's your first day. Rise of Kylo Ren being the rise of Skywalker himself. Ben Solo. Skywalker blood.
4: What I mean, the hell? That has never even occurred to me before.
1: He's
3: Is he technically a Skywalker?
1: Or is the I baby mean, that, like, that he has with... Uh, Ray, the sky. Ray- oh gosh! Oh, God. And Twitter explodes. <laughs> the Raylo baby. Raylo. Yes. Oh my God! Yes, uh,
4: yes. If you have never seen the ever-growing Star Wars Raylo erotica aspect of Twitter, go find it. It's fascinating. It's easy and to find. A little disturbing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean the Raylo community is is so lovely, and there's so many awesome, specifically podcasts. I know Sky Talkers talk a lot about Raylo. There's a lot of great users about it, but yeah, some of it gets, uh, it's pretty not safe for work at times. Spicy. So if you're bored yeah. on your lunch break, throw up an incognito browser and have
4: fun. <laughs> <laughs> not too much fun though. You don't want to get caught reported to HR. <laughs> that might be like a super fun, like either, maybe even an animated show or a live action show, even of just like all the politics of the empire. That would be so fun to watch. Like Thrawn and Krennic and Tarkin, like that was my favorite part of the book too.
3: But now I'm just imagining what kind of earrings Thrawn would wear when he has to take off. Like, is he a hoop person? Does he have little, like, like classy oh, economic studs?
5: He'd totally be, like, <laughs> Golden Girls clip-ons that are just big round <laughs> circles of some plastic thing. Oh, my God. I can see
4: that. Thrawn would look like a straight pirate if he had <laughs> big, big hoop earrings with his red eyes and blue skin. He would be, like... Real, real pirate looking. He'd
3: be like, well, if I got real earrings, it would be too inefficient for comp. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, he needs clip-ons because we are easier to take off. That's
7: right. Always uh, with the tactics. That one.
3: <laughs> oh my god, shopping with him would be a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> like, Th- Thrawn, try this print. It is too drawing for enemies. No, you look good in it. Like, Just wear it. We're a plaid, you bastard. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All right, last couple. Uh, Alice, I want to throw Rebel Rising to you then.
5: Uh, I haven't read it, so oh, go on with the oh. default of Coors Light. You
3: know, weirdly not a bad choice is Rebel Rising.
4: Gin J- would totally <laughs> slam some Coors she would
1: Light. Take a <laughs> ton of Coors Light. We, don't we have to choose like a gin and tonic? Like
3: oh, my wow, default maybe. Think,
1: <laughs> <about laughs> Think about it,
3: mate. Yeah, like, goes, like on her on her birthday. He brings her a gin and tonic, and like I thought you would like this. <laughs> it's like your name. <laughs> I worked really hard to get it. Please love me, Jin.
1: So that's actually a really good impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. That,
3: that made yeah. Forrest Whitaker millions of dollars doing that voice. That's, uh, that
1: was it. Wait, say Book Borgullet!
3: Borgullet.
6: <laughs>
3: Would you like to do shots with Gullet? <laughs> it's his birthday and he will take away your memories. But so will the Jin. Ha <laughs> ha! Like your name. <laughs>
4: Uh, Crash of Fate. What where is it at? I don't even see it on Amazon. Crash of Fate? What are what are all these Star (coughs) Wars books? I don't recognize any of this. What is this? Galaxy's Edge Galactic Outlaws. What What is 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 that like a reference book coming out? I don't know what that is.
3: Wait, Corey, are you not using our Amazon link for Crash of Fate? No, I am.
4: I'm just (laughs) I just forgot about it. Don't, don't do like... I'd, yeah, look at these books. There's a, mm-hmm. like a Galaxy's Edge book one. What is this? I, said, yeah. I don't know. What let me this see is. here. I'm looking
1: at it in Slack. Galaxy's Outlaw. Wait, is this... This isn't even Star, this Wars. Isn't Star this is, Wars. This isn't Star Wars. something called Galaxy's
3: oh, Edge. Yeah, it's right. just called okay, Galaxy's okay, Edge. Okay.
4: There's a Galaxy's Edge Theory. It it sure does look like it could be Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, I think goes. they're banking the on fun, that. I was, I was getting excited there. I was like, what <laughs> is this? All these the Galaxy's Crash Edge books. I think... I think I do own Crash... Where is it at? (laughs) Okay, looking at the cover, I swear I've held this. Did they send the, uh... It's (laughs) It's the first
1: Living Force Podcast mystery episode. Where is Corey's copy?
3: But goddammit, give me that Yoda yaddle buddy cop, like, (laughs)
1: like 400 years ago. No, Eric! Give me yaddle, you cowards! Well, it's interesting that you guys brought up... Yaddle treason!
3: Yattle oh, okay. Alliances. The Hand of Yaddle duology. Stop it. No. Galaxy's Edge, a crash of Yattle.
1: How many fingers are on the Hand of Yattle?:
3: Three.
4: Are you sure? We don't even know what species he is. Maybe Yoda lost a finger.
3: Anyway, unfortunately, this is not our <laughs> Yaddle episode. Stay tuned.
4: I'm kind of a World War II history buff a little bit. I really like World War II stuff. It's something else that I really enjoy reading about. And like, that is how we talk about leaders like Patton. Right, and mm-hmm. Eisenhower is like because they're so high-ranking in the military, they can kind of do what they want, right? And right. that irritates the crap out of everybody else that can't control them.
9: I have, know, an- like-
3: I have, I have another solution that I want to offer. I think Thrawn and Arlani definitely slept together.
4: <laughs> like I, I almost
1: uh, shot wine out of my nose.
3: I definitely think uh, that Arlana is was, just like that was and,
4: the
1: original story for Thrawn alliances.
3: But seriously, she because the thing is, everything she's saying about Thrawn kind of contradicts what we know about him. But it's definitely something that a jilted lover would say. Oh my
4: god! No, but, but for real, even, I can't like, believe you went there.
3: <laughs> why not? I mean, it's like it's like looking at uh, you know how Han and Leia talk about each other sometimes, and it's like. Uh, you're here, like when Leia's like, "Don't say the Death Star." In Episode Seven, it's like, "Oh yeah, that's totally." <laughs> like, they're so familiar yeah. that they can talk it's, about it. It's each the other
4: sort of, way. it's sort of classic lovers' quarrel. Please.
3: So basically, he's, he he had to go spy in the Empire, which means they would never send someone to spy if they were a bull in a china shop. Which means Arloani's lying. Ergo, they totally oh. slept together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god! Thank All you for right. coming to my
3: TED talk. <laughs> 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 and I think that. When he writes him, he becomes more powerful than when anyone else does. So I think that's a possibility.
1: Yeah, no, because I do the same thing that you just did, Corey, all the time. I say Zon when I mean Thrawn, and I say Thrawn when I mean Zon. Yep. Timothy it's Thrawn. Just... <laughs> oh my god, please tell me Thrawn's first name is Timothy. Tim- I am <laughs> Timothy Mithra <Mithranurodo>. That's <laughs>
4: That's fantastic.
1: Uh, I'm picturing like an elementary school age Timothy Thrawn with his lunchbox. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, he's adorable.
1: Uh, well, he's, like, he's like already in high school.
3: And that's the interesting parts of the book is that. I, mean,
4: I just have to trust that Zahn did that for a reason, though. Like
3: for a Thrawn reason.
1: Yeah,
4: yes, for a Thrawn reason. <laughs> like he had to. Uh, like Zahn is.
1: <laughs> I am crossing out the T on my novel's cover. <laughs> I, I love, love that reason. so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we learned that there is a Death Trooper named Waffle in this story. <laughs> and that, that is now my favorite food-related Star Wars name, taking the mantle from Kale in the novel Death Troopers. <laughs> um, I really just wanted to bring up that on page 150, Waffle says, try drawing those blasters and see how frosty we can be. And I guess that makes him a frozen waffle. Oh,
4: my oh He's God. an Eggo. He's yes, an egg-o. I took it there.
1: I took it there.
4: Pretty good ones in Legends, but they were not quite as memorable, I don't no. think, in my opinion, at least as some of these new Canon So that's one thing that we've gotten new out of canon that have been absolutely fantastic is the droids. And, man, K2 is fantastic. BB-8 is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and
3: I think a lot Mr. of Mr. Bones. With,
4: oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Mr. Bones. God, I love Mr. Bones. And I think that's the thing is, like, droids, I think, are initially made to be like your pet. I mean, R2-D2 is a dog. Yeah. He is... He's loyal, he's a little stubborn, like, you know, but he's always there for you. And now we've evolved that relationship to, I think it's still very much a master pet kind of thing. But now your pet can talk back to you and be sassy to you. And that's kind of what every, I think, dog owner and cat owner secretly wishes for. Like, man, if my cat could talk to me, I better be just like K2. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) So I think that's, I
1: think that's what they do really well with Pook. Like, Pook is (laughs) Would you like to know the chances of me peeing on the couch? They're hot, <laughs> very hot. They're, they're
9: very hot. <laughs> <I, laughs>
1: my droid
3: is my ca- my cat is my droid.
4: In War two, I remember there specifically being like like some some plot where you you dealt with some squeaky mouse like characters that like they like tweet almost like when they're talking like Tweety Bird mm-hmm. tweets. Is that is that this species?
3: I. I don't know because I think that because they still do full sentences. They do. Shop. They do. Yeah, I have squeaky, squeaky basic
1: though. That was commented on in this in this. Yeah, that's true.
4: I can't. I can't remember. If you're if you're a listener out there and you're a big fan of the KOTOR games and you played it, let us know how wrong I am because I, I basically remember there being like a little tweet tweety character. Because I, I remember I, I muted the game because it was so obnoxious. Oh, geez. like. Like, like, do you, you remember the dialogue when you're talking to aliens? Like, it was really repetitive, yeah. and like, yes. like when you're talking, <laughs> when you're talking to the Ethorians or whatever, it was like,
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> just for like, like, just on and on and on. You're just like, skip, 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 because they will just go on forever, and they're talking.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was like that. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: Borgullet it. would let you out of those binders <laughs> <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> Release but, them from the binders, Borgullet. Okay, so So that, you know, Lieutenant. Kath. More like Bro Gullet, am I right?
4: Oh, Jesus. In your tank top, yes.
3: <laughs> Alright, Bro Gullet is another oh, shirt gosh. design. Alright, so. She's poor Gullet with a backwards hat. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is taking a it's turn. So
1: natty
9: for light worst. lemonade. Oh, man. Okay.
1: I'll I'll give you number three, but, you know, it's really sad that this one didn't go to you, Eric, uh, and the oh, listeners yeah. will understand why in a minute, because number three is the Borgullet. Yes. Borgullet! <laughs> Thank you.
3: <laughs> we'll know the truth.
1: Thank you. Yo, the Borgullet oh, nice. is... <laughs> Yeah, be in a, a doctor. Really.
3: I was going to
9: say, and, hey, and,
3: and <laughs> yesterday I was technically off and volunteering to help put the set in a truck because we are going to another place. And then this, I think it had to be over a 50-pound, two-foot diameter moon went falling off a thing while I'm standing on a ladder and hit me in the face because it wasn't secured properly. So I just heard them say, I don't think that's probably Eric. Eric Heads! And then it hits me in the face. My glasses fall off. And I just hold on to the ladder. Because I'm like, okay, if I just, if I stay on the ladder, I'm going to be okay. So I don't fall off. My vision doesn't go black. I, I don't see stars anything like that.
1: So you just die.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I just, I instantly died. <laughs> just died. And then I, I calmly just got down off so, the ladder, found my glasses, sat in a chair. And, everyone, and people come over like, are you? Ooh. And I go, okay, that's not great. So I put Jesus. my hand where, my, where I think I got hit. And it hurts a little. I pull it back and there's just blood. Because it's a head wound, right? So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. there's Kleenexes there. I'm like, hey, can someone get me, like, a paper towel? Like, very calm, very just like, hey, this sucks. The guy that dropped the thing, I'm like, hey, man, you're fine. I'm not – are you okay? Are you good? Because <laughs> I don't want him to feel bad. And we got a wet paper towel. Eventually, it stops bleeding, and I have literally a perfect X at the edge of my, at the edge of my eyebrow where it just hit me. And did concussion protocol. I couldn't drink a beer all night, which is frustrating because everyone went out afterwards. That um but, yeah, then I woke up today, and I didn't, I didn't have a headache. I didn't even need ibuprofen or anything. But it was that moment of, like, nice. man, these glasses – because it, it, it's about half an inch away from my eyeball. And I'm like, these glasses right, really yeah, did a great right job course not, course. not letting me go blind. So,
1: I feel like there are a lot of jokes so you, that we could make about this. I mean – So you got hit in the face
4: with, with the moon. moon There's there a moon piece specifically. Moon? I got hit that, with the that's moon. That's no moon.
1: That's no moon, <laughs> that's Eric. A, no,
3: Charles. Darth Maul and his bottom
4: half. <laughs> <laughs>
6: How
4: attached are they? Are we talking about Are we talking about his original half, his spider half? Yeah, which or half? His,
10: his biological half. His, his biological crappy robot half,
4: half or the really fancy say... one that the Mandalorians gave him? Which one are we talking yeah. here?
1: Zero, zero out of ten because All he right. left that behind and replaced it with literal trash. <laughs>
9: <laughs> wait eric right, i want right. to i want to one up you there i agree uh, here's one for you yes sir um, darth maul's All Darth right. maul's top half and snoke's bottom half
1: <laughs> oh
3: Ooh. i'm gonna give that like like a five because it's a little spicy maybe
1: because it's like half
3: because it, you get like the dark because also in my mind i'm imagining darth maul's like black cloak and then snoke's like <laughs> glittery dress so like <laughs> it's a weird outfit as well it doesn't it kind of clashes like His red tattoos with the gold are kind of weird. But I
9: like it. I ship it.
1: But speaking of kind of our xs transformation, because it wasn't an easy transformation that we saw in this book, and several other characters also shared some very... (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm laughing at Corey now. (laughs) Can you pop that beer, bro? Did you get it? All right, good. I'm proud of you for not being a Natty lately. It was the face where you're
2: like... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Don't even cut that out. Just leave it in. Just, Just leave it, it, it in, on. Matt. Uh,
1: <laughs> page 53. I have to bring up a couple of Oga's Cantina mm-hmm. rules. No and monkey lizards and no ripping off limbs. I thought that was a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, none of that. Oh, oh my God. That, yeah, that uh, was, uh, uh, for the audience, that was pressure. actually <laughs> Eric in real time. That was not a soundboard. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> oh, you, Oh, man. Okay.
4: Funny story. So back in the day when we were selling a lot of the books, I had a really good discount on mm-hmm. on getting the books, so like a like a fifty five ish percent discount on getting the books as we were selling them all. And uh, because I had the discount, I like bought right before we discontinued selling the books. I bought all the paperback trade paperback graphic novels, mm-hmm. like of all the comics and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is really sick. And then somebody else on our team, they bought all of the hardcover <laughs> comics. All right. So I had already paid for mine and bought my paperbacks and then Carl bought all of his hard hardcover books and I got all of these hardcover books. And then um as soon as I saw them, I was like Oh my God! I have to have the hardcovers.
9: Right, I remember, <laughs> so I remember that. I remember
4: that. I I had spent like like some ridiculous amount of money, like two hundred dollars on the paperbacks, and I was like, I told my wife, I was like, listen, it'll be fine. I'll sell these on eBay, okay? I'll get my money back. I'll use that money to pay for the trade paperbacks. And she's like, oh, okay, fine. You can <laughs> you can buy the you can buy the hardcovers if you want them, guys. I never was able to get rid of them on eBay.
3: Oh no. <laughs> So yes, go yeah. on about the beauty of Alphabet Squadron, please, which is uh, on my shelf 10. Out see, 10. right above my. There
9: we yeah, go. I think that book did a really good job of actually developing characters. Not to say that other books other books haven't, but this one in particular mm-hmm. really struck a chord with me because of how slow of a burn it was, which. I don't like the phrase "slow burn," but it's the best way I can describe it. Because this book, for me, like wasn't like okay, when's it going to move forward? I never felt that way. I was like, wow, I really like getting invested in these characters because then the payoff, once we get to book three in a couple years, is going to be like really, really satisfying.
4: Yeah. So totally,
3: I so do excited. like the approach. Alpha
9: Numeric Squadron. Yeah. <laughs> I assume is going to be the next one. <laughs> it will be Alphabet Soup Squadron too. Uh, that's the second book, actually. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just them eating soup for 400 pages and having really good character (laughs) development
10: i would still read it when delray put out the uh the new dawn book a month before at san diego comic-con we did a special edition it was a print run of four or five thousand copies of a paperback version with a different cover of a new dawn Mm -hmm. in one of the boxes where these books had been hurriedly printed. There was a copy of *New Dawn* that had been massacred by the uh, by the printer. It was like a book; it had all its pages, but the pages were about an inch across. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the Delray staffers was away from the booth, and texted, "How are things going?" And uh, one of the one of the other staffers took a photograph of the book and said. You you can't, you would, won't believe what just happened here. There was a, a, a guy in a samurai suit, and he came in <laughs> screaming about the EU, and he just chopped one of the books in half right in front of John and threw it at him.
4: <laughs> yeah, and even, even the first Thrawn, even just Thrawn, the canon Thrawn novel was, it was. really flipping good. and had oh, nothing yeah. to do with, with anything, and I think it's because they let Zahn just kind of go wild. so.
1: Someone someone is dying.
4: That was a great oh, pause there.
8: Somebody wouldn't, somebody wouldn't get the hell out of the road. So, <laughs> Matt, funny. cut yep. that out, please, Started and right thank you. Up. But, yeah, I <laughs> – You can't sorry. never get it back. That was, you can't, that was, you can't that get was the so, giggles that, again, you That was so loud. That, was that,
1: nice. very, that must have been, like, right outside yeah. of my window. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Someone can give you, like, some Zofran or something at work, but I don't know about an that sounds MRI. That so, Zofran like, is definitely <laughs> or, like, a Star Wars <laughs> race. Thousands of dollars. <laughs> Zofran, Zofran does sound like a Star Wars race. It's a very common medication that you give to to people in the ED that just vomit incessantly. Um, I, I, no. I have a whole bottle of it in a common. backpack right over guys, here. Guys, guys, the Zofran l-
3: clearly live on Zeffo.
1: Do you, <laughs> you want to hear the... So every medication has like two names. There's like the brand name, which is patented, and then there's like the actual active ingredient. And the, the active name. ingredient name, yeah, for Zofran actually also sounds like a Star Wars term on Dancitron. Dance. Oh, it does <laughs> on Dancitron. Yeah. It on also Dance-a-tron? sounds like a robot that breaks uh-huh. dances, but
3: <laughs> yeah, or like a Power um, Ranger from- villain. <laughs>
9: yeah. <laughs> Power Ranger villain. <laughs> yes, it totally does. That's fantastic.
8: Oh, man. Well,
9: Bro, uh, that like, that's <laughs> totally it.
1: Page 214. Colo clawfish were being served at the auction. Now, that is one of the creatures that tries to eat Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Jar Jar during their underwater voyage on Naboo, oh my God. And it's like the third reference to colo clawfish that we've gotten this year in Canada. Yeah,
3: cause isn't that also what Dryden
4: Voss was eating?
1: It may have been, yeah, is now that really? you mentioned
4: it, like is it just really right. good fish? Maybe it's like a delicacy must like snow crab legs or something. Maybe there's like a maybe there's like a Star Wars TV show that's like Galaxy's Deadliest Catch or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or just out on some giant ship and Get like the
3: colo clawfish.
4: People hunting thing, like, uh, what's the thing that they have in in The Force Awakens? Rathdars. Rathdars, yeah, hunting things like that.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's Disney Plus in 35 years when they're like, all right, I don't know. What do we got, a hunting show? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Today, I believe, this morning, we released an episode of Legends Look Back, all about Rogue Squadron, the first X-Wing book. Uh, Jared and Freddy dove, dived, dived, dove into that book. Uh, and all the, delved so much better, uh, delved into that (laughs) book and all the adventures of Corin Horn, MVP of this podcast. Uh, so as soon as you're done listening to us, if you are on Patreon, uh, at the five dollar level or above for the guardians of the wills, you have unlocked those shows. Go ahead and listen to those. I thought that that episode was really good. I listened to it on the way to work this morning, actually.
1: I have not listened to it yet, but I'm stoked to hear it because I'm a huge fan of that series. Yeah, me either. I can't wait. It's, yeah. it's a
4: fun way to dive into legends that we've not really had time to do on our own show. So I'm really glad that uh, Jared and Freddie have taken the time to put that together. They've really done a great job, and it fits very nicely into our sort of plethora of content at this point. So, um, nice. if you're not already a patron subscriber, go check it out. Who
1: is? Yeah. And- who's the protagonist of the X-wing series again? I'm, I'm blanking.
3: It's uh, uh It's not Wedge. It's no. uh no. It's, it's a, he's a cop. He's a <laughs> Corrin Horn.
1: Corrin Horn, that's Corrin right. Corrin Horn is that's a big right. old bitch is what he is.
3: <laughs> there it is. There's the t-shirt for Celebration next oh, year. It's.
1: That's
4: right. Droid right, Memory go blank. Blank, blank. Loved it. So I don't care if you win. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. Oh, I, I'm not even. I'm not even counting those planets. If you're counting those planets, we technically hit eight planets in the first 22 minutes, which is mind blowing. The pacing was just like,
0: blah, 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 blah,
4: blah, blah, blah! it was like so over the top.
2: I bridged your minds. The prophecy <laughs> misread. It could have been.
9: How,
4: like, I was. I was talking uh, about this with one of my buddies yesterday. How does this yeah. dagger? even exists like it's pretty new like it's the death star the death star's only been laying there for like 35 years okay so somebody had to like find this wreckage like trust that it wasn't going to change or shift or yeah, fall like the or tides anything tides
3: move anything also
4: the tides ray, he'd like hold, had to a, hold a dagger up against the and like draw it was, the at shit the, at the same
3: spot exactly
4: where ray was standing
3: yeah and I, so you know what really could have fixed this for me which is stupid if she had had like a force, you know how when you have a vision, they all go like,
4: "What?"
3: Like, like they, they yes. their eyes go weird. Like that's if a she, raven
4: when she has a vision. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, that's so
4: raven. Oh uh? my god! Holy
2: shit! And that shall close the book on the galactic standard year two zero one nine. For all of you who've come alongside of us on this journey, we thank you. For all of those who've contributed to the Living Force in Utini.com, thank you. And to everyone, happy New Year, and may the Living Force be with you.
8: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.
2: What if everything came with the free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the Cantina? I'll take a half cap spotchka. Lightweight.
5: Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible.
2: Or getting your pod racer serviced.
5: My pottery racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer.
2: And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible life in the galaxy doesn't work that way but there is one place you can go where you can get a free star wars audiobook from audible and that's utini.com slash audible click the audible logo and start your 30-day free trial which includes a free audiobook download so visit utini.com slash audible and get your free star wars audiobook download today